everyone, I'm Lizzie and welcome to the fourth episode of Craving Museum's podcast, Stories and Treasures, which goes behind the scenes of our Heritage Lottery funded project to completely redevelop the museum. Just a quick update with what's happening here in Skipton. The collection has been completely taken out of the museum, which is now starting to look very strange with empty cases and shelves. Head along to our blog, storiesandtreasures.wordpress.com to have a look at some quite eerie pictures. And it's not only the museum that's closed now and completely packed up, but the whole of Skipton Town Hall and Visitor Information Centre. Although we do still have our lovely hub space, which is available to hire. We've relocated with the museum team based at the main Craven District Council offices and the friendly visitor information centre setting up camp at 35 Coach Street. So if you're in Skipton, do go along and visit them. This is also the building can be empty completely of all fixtures and fittings before the building work starts. Throughout this whole project, from the development stage of our bid to the Heritage Lottery Fund for the grant to redevelop the museum, which is when we conducted research, consulted with local people and experts, and basically developed our ideas to create the bid, to now where we have achieved the grant and are delivering the project itself, the museum team have worked really closely with the museum designers Campbell and Co and interpretation writer Anne Tweedy on what will actually go in the new museum, what will be on display. This is really gearing up at the moment and we're starting to firm up our ideas for the displays, both the stories that the museum tells and the objects that tell these stories too. After our last meeting, I was able to grab Anne to have a quick chat about her role in this project. Well, my job in the project is as an interpretive planner and just like um, you have foreign language interpreters that take one language and interpret it into another for people to understand, I take the stories that a museum or heritage site has to tell and turn them into stories that people who are coming to visit can identify with. So I've been working with the curators, the designers as part of the project to put together the stories we tell with the objects in the museum collection. Crave Museum is, um, although a local museum, it does have over 60,000 objects and there's obviously loads of different routes that you could go down. How do you decide what stories to tell in the museum? Well, we always start the process by talking to lots of different people. So we hold workshops with uh, teachers, with families, with historians, with curators, and with others who who have an interest in the in the project both as members of potential audiences, but also as experts, be they historians, archaeologists, art historians, whatever whatever interest they might have in the collection. So when looking at kind of designing the interpretation, are you kind of led by the objects or by the kind of stories behind the objects? It really is a balance between the two. We want to make best use of the collections that a museum has and get as many of those objects on display as we can because people come to the museum with a lot of different interests and we want to make sure that everybody finds something that's interesting. But at the same time, objects don't tell stories by themselves. So we need to, to figure out what, what is interesting to people, what aspects of a place's history are they really interested in learning, and what stories, what objects do we have that will support those stories. So there'll be some stories that are really interesting, but we don't have objects for, and there are other objects 
that we might have that are interesting but are hard to fit into a story that would make sense to the visitors. So there's obviously a lot of planning that goes on behind the scenes and we at the museum have worked really closely with yourself and the designers on the objects themselves. What other parts of the project do you have a role in? Well, when you go to the museum, when it opens, um, I will have written a lot of the text you see that's explaining the importance of the objects and the stories. So I do uh, writing. I would help uh, choose the images that you, that you might see, whether they're historic photographs of Skipton or particular works of art that are on display that, that help tell the stories. The hands-on interactives and, and games that that you enjoy playing with at the museum all have a learning goal behind them. So I will have helped put those together um, so that people will, will learn through doing, which we like, and also any of the digital touch screens or um, AV programs or movies or anything like that that's in there. I will have had a hand in in developing the content and the stories behind those as well. This might be quite a difficult one to answer, but um, what is kind of really special or unique about this collection at Craven Museum? Well, whenever I start another a new project in a new place, um, I'm always struck by the fact that each each collection is unique because it is related to a unique place. So the collections um, at the museum here are obviously specific to stories about Skipton and Craven. Having said that, they also have a lot of similarities to small town museums in other places. So you have a bit of natural heritage, you have a bit of, of geology, you have a bit of archaeology, a bit of fine art. Um, so while they're similar to other places, they're also unique at the same time. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the biggest challenges with a project like this? Well. One of the biggest pro- challenges in this project has been that there are, are lots of collections and only limited number of space to put them in, in the new museum. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's prioritizing the stories that um, we feel that people are most interested in. Mm-hmm. And we've spent a lot of time looking at the lists of objects that we want to put in and going back to it again and again and again and saying, well, we can't fit that one in, but that one's mm-hmm. key to the story. So those kind of challenges from a physical standpoint yeah. are, are the biggest ones in, in a lot of jobs, and including, including this one. One of um, the listeners to the podcast actually um, contacted us and asked us um, kind of what are the team's favourite objects in the collection so I'm actually going to start with you because that's okay um what is your kind of favorite object if you had to pick one from Craven Museum's collection well I'm going to pick one that I actually know is one of your favorites as as well which is that Richard Riley's diary yes because (laughs) because it's so rare to have written accounts from people from the working classes and I'm so pleased that we've been able to in the new exhibitions make um, make him a focus of one of, of the sections and really tell his story yeah. well. And I hope that people to the new museum will uh, will find that and they can read the diary Definitely. for themselves and, and see some of the objects that he, he would have used in his life and his work mm. um, and his family would have used at the time. So that, that to me is one of the, the rarer objects. Um, and because it's so personal, 
um, and you know so unique from from mm. being something you don't see very many other places. That's that has to be one of the ones that I'm definitely missed. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I probably stole stole your thunder <laughs> you there, <did>. but <laughs> but no, it is is a fantastic object because Richard Riley was a man who lived in. I think it was, 1860s or at least that's when the diary's from um and he was a um he worked in a mill didn't he so it's writing about his life but he is an ordinary man which is as you said so rare um and such a fantastic object so it'd be amazing to have it out on display because it, it's not it, mm. i don't think it has been um yeah. in the museum before so it'll be really great to have that and it's nice that it it allows us to tell stories about life at that time whether it's work in the mill or um, religion or music he was quite a musician Mm. Um, and so there's a lot of really interesting aspects that you can pull out of just that one object thank you very much to Anne for chatting to us and I hope that's given you a bit of insight into how the interpretation on a project like this works and we will be talking to you uh, further down um, the line, further down the project. So if you do have any questions, as always, please do get in touch via email to museum at cravendc.gov.uk and we can put those questions to her. Or even if you've got any questions about the project in general or Craven Museum, do send them along. And in actual fact, we've had a few questions sent to us already. One which was the um, question, what are the team's favourite objects, which I've obviously already asked Anne. And another who has asked how was or is the collection at the museum put together? So in Craven, as there were in lots of different places in Britain, there were people who collected things and objects that they were interested in, be that local plants um, or geological samples or archaeological objects. And in actual fact, not only local, but further afield too. The museum itself was first a thing in 1928 and was set up by some of these interested collectors and groups in Craven, including the Craven Naturalist and Scientific Association, who had collected objects both near and far, and is actually one of the reasons why the objects in the collection are so varied and eclectic. Collectors then continued to donate their items to the museum kind of throughout um, the 1900s, some during their lifetime and others as a bequest too. Now the museum and its collection, as many museums nowadays, um, is tight on space. The museum does still collect items, but we now have something called a collecting policy, which basically focuses us on what we collect. For example, the museum used to collect into its um, collection any objects of interest from all around the world. But now we collect objects that have a relevance to Craven. We are, of course, Craven Museum and things that we perhaps don't already have, which does mean we sometimes have to say no when people very kindly offer to donate their items. But we do always try and give them some suggestions to where else they could donate their object. So I hope that's answered the question okay. And as I said, if anyone has any more, um, please do get in touch. Thank you very much for listening to the fourth episode of Stories and Treasures. We do hope that you enjoyed it and speak to you next month for more behind the scenes action of our Heritage Lottery Fund redevelopment of Crave Museum. Chat to you then. Stories and Treasures is a podcast by Craven Museum as part of the Heritage Lottery funded project Stories and Treasures of Street and Dale, made possible by National Lottery Players. Thank you to Craven District Council, Craven College Media Department, the students and their tutor Paul for making this podcast a possibility.